Hello, Internet. This is you and Spence and ESC Insight calling. No, it's not the longest Eurovision song ever. Coming up this week, postcards, planes, and the places to be in Malmo. Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, welcome. It's the Insight News Podcast from myself, Hugh and Spence, and the team here at ESC Insight, keeping up to date with what's been going on in the last week of the Eurovision Song Contest. www.escinsight.com for our website, patreon.com slash Insight, where you can support the podcast, the site, and everything we do here to keep you in touch and discuss the contest in, let's say, a little bit more depth than a single social media tweet x or whatever you want to call them we're looking forward of course to that grand final on may the 11th and before that two semi-finals in the 7th and 9th of may rehearsals before that all of that build up before that the preview concerts the song selections we're going to touch base on all of those in the next two 15 20 minutes Okay, so first of all, things to do in Malmo. We've been waiting to hear about things like the Euro Club and the Euro Village, but we also get to add the Euro Street into that list as well, as more details were published this week by the EBU. Obviously, the contest is the main event, but for those in the city of Malmo, those who are there for the Eurovision Song Contest, and those that are taking their valuable tourist corner over to Denmark, you can do a little bit more planning now because we have Eurovision and Eurostreet, and we also have the delegation's private Euro Club as well. But let's just put that decide for the moment. Euro Village is going to be in Falkett's Park and this was an expected location by many and you can expect the big screen so you can watch the shows outdoors there's going to be stages for live music guest appearances no doubt lots of tables and chairs and food and drink options as well for a great big outdoor party. Expect this to be open to all but there will probably be uh, limits to how many people come into the park. And last year in Liverpool, they did make the live screenings ticketed as well. So do keep an eye on what's happening there, both at Visit Malmo and on the official website, Eurovision.tv as well. Euro Street is going to be a similar setup, but it's in clearly a different setting. More cafes, more restaurants, music, side of the road, on the street pass. I suspect... Uh, a slightly more subtle atmosphere, not quite carnival and loud and brash and in your face, but a bit quieter, a little less jostly, lots of bright colours, but certainly an alternative as well. And if you're looking to get out to the song contest, then EasyJet has been announced as the official airline of the song contest, not just for Malmo 2024, but also for 2025 and 2026 as well. Thankfully for this year, the low-cost airline does fly into Copenhagen, and here's hoping that the next two winners are in destinations served by EasyJet and their orange and white aircraft. Otherwise, it might be a little bit embarrassing, and they'll have to draft in Air Scotia to do a connecting flight. Uh, deep cut there Piff Path blog has more explanation on why anyway uh, national competitive selections are still going ahead we've had a really busy weekend where we've had 
songs performers confirmed through competitive processes we've had internal selected songs confirmed and released this week as well and heats are still continuing so uh, let's do the internal selections first we'll start with belgium mosty has been teasing this song for some time it has to be said uh, including recruiting the eurovision community to provide a bit of the voice for the backing choir that gets laid down in the studio version now we have the song before the party's over it arrived on tuesday and everyone is playing spot their own voice has to be said except for me i really can only do spoken words and nobody wants that uh, at eurovision uh what else do we have poland also had an internal selection as well and uh, it's an internal selection but the process of behind the scenes the voting the jury broadcaster tvp has been really open about this um so the the announcement of the scores is there so for the top three we know where they were it's actually four because there was a tie for third but at the end of all of that uh, we have our song it's called the tower we have the artist which is luna we have a video which is one of the first videos this year that has caught my artistic I'm going to enjoy having a little bit look closer look at the symbolism on that one. But that gives us two more songs out of the internal selections. In terms of songs that won through national finals, one, two, three, four, five this weekend. Let's go with Estonia first. With Estela, one by five Mus and Pulup, and their song Deep Breath Time here, Nendes Narkuti Yumi e Deste Tembi Kolmidaki. Uh, super final there in the final 10 ran uh, to first uh, goal knocked down to three three ran there and over 50% of the votes went to five minutes and pull up comprehensive uh, victory there with the country behind them there was also an immediate awarding of the longest song title in Eurovision history to the 44 characters in the title but an archive check from Nick Deller says no that actually goes to Spain 2011 Although it has to be said, it's a technicality, but this is what's listed in all the paperwork. Que me quiten lo palo, they can't take the fun away from me. The translation is part of the title, and because of that, 49 characters, five more uh, going through there. Keep that one in your back pocket for the Eurovision trivia quizzes come May. And yeah, 10 round, then 3 round. Germany, topping the jury and televote was Isaac, who will take always on the run to Malmo. Germany's had a string of poor results at Eurovision recently, and they'll be hoping that this turns their tide. Certainly, topping both jury and televote gives them a comprehensive win in the national final, which is promising. Nine ran. Another super final took place in Lithuania. Uh, so cunning ten down into three. The root were looking to return. Shower were hoping to get the ticket for their band to go for the first time, but both of them were defeated. Sylvester Belt taking more than half the votes again with Luke Telk going to be Lithuania's song for 2024. Ten ran, then three ran. Moldova. Finally, we have our first returning artist of the year. National finals have been a bit. Barren, it has to be said, for artists uh, getting through and back to the song contest. Not that some of them haven't tried, they just haven't won. See the route previously in this show. Anyway, Natalia Barbu is back at Eurovision following 2007's entry with the song Fight. This time around, she will be singing in the middle after topping the jury vote, but only finishing second in the telly vote. So stand by for cliche alert. If you can't win your telly vote, how can you win it at the song contest? But Moldova's rules this year was that the jury was the tiebreaker. So Valeria Pasha second in the jury, but topping the telly vote. Equal points. Tiebreaker takes it to Natalia. 
11 ran. We had two, well, we had three heats going on because San Marino is ongoing, but uh, in much the way that we waited for San Ramo to be completely finished, we'll do the same with San Marino as well and catch up with that uh, in next week's pod. Uh, heat one up for Iceland for Songve Kepnin. Two qualifiers are to the final. Anita and Veb have went through. The three left are not out of the running yet, as over the two heats, the six that don't qualify... A wild card is decided by the production team to get the final spot in the grand final. So it's five ran to qualify. Three are basically sitting in the holding pen. Speaking of three, uh, it was the third heat of Melody Festivalen. Direct to Friends Arena. Finishing top there is Jacqueline in her first Melody Festivalen. And Cassiopeia, who has been... Eurovision and the American Song Contest as not just a writer but a winning songwriter going through direct as well. Into the Rappishaz second round, Claudie and Galena Person six ran. Okay, a couple of bits of news from outside the results. First up in Australia. March the 6th, we are going to get confirmation of the performer. I'd expect us to get confirmation of the song at the same time, given how close it is to the submission deadline, but that's not been confirmed yet. Also, it's March the 6th, but with the time zones uh, of Australia to Europe, that's actually March the 5th for us in Europe. Over in Cyprus, the PR builder for Cilia Capsis' song Liar is underway. A snippet of that has been published. A full reveal of the song, which is internally selected, is expected on February the 29th. The 29th is looking busy. We're also going to be getting the Netherlands song that day as well. It's going to be called Europapa. It is by the previously announced Joost Klein. So um, hopefully there's a couple of hours in between those songs so we have time to digest them both rather than this head-to-head moment. Spain, we have the official music video for Nebulosa's entry, Azora. It's now up on the official Eurovision YouTube website. You have got it bookmarked, haven't you? YouTube.com slash Eurovision. All the official videos are going to be going up there. And the video itself does help to bring the story to life of Zora the song. It's needing this visual component for me because if you don't know Spanish, getting the more subtle meanings of the song is quite difficult. So having it portrayed on screen makes what this song about much, much clearer. And yes, San Marino has an upper San Marino working through all its televised heats this week. Although some of those artists go straight through to the final, the so-called Big Nine. Those names were confirmed last week. There are some exciting names in there, including the Eurovision community's new hero from San Remo, Loredana Berte. Uh, we also have the legendary Italian singer of Elise in there. Plus, we have one song which started out as an AI-generated project and is getting through to the final as well. No doubt we will hear mention of the company that facilitated that AI quite a few times on Saturday. Right then, dates for your diary. It is busy. Uh, San Marino is the busiest there. Thursday is semi-final four. Friday is semi-final five. And the grand final is on Saturday. Also taking place Thursday night. So if you 
just getting this podcast uh, on Thursday morning. You've time to get your uh, recorder set up as Dora, Croatia's song contest. It's the first semi-final. The second semi-final is on Friday, and then everybody gets the night off, and the grand final happening on Sunday, the 25th of February. Meanwhile, on Saturday, the day before, and probably why everybody gets a chance to breathe, you have the second semi-final in Iceland. You have the first semi-final in Portugal in the Festival de Cansao. You have San Marino, the aforementioned one, which will select a song and performer. That's a lock. And you have the fourth semi-final in Melody Festivalen. Uh, so it heads up to Tuesday next week as well, 27th of February. Uh, you have the first semi-final in Serbia as well. So only two song and performers are locked in with this week's selections. It's a sort of final chance for all the other countries just to get everything lined up for that push into March. We are getting very much to the business end of the selections as always uh, pretty much every single one of those national finals is available to stream internationally eurovision.tv the official website if you check their calendar they will have links through either to the youtube channels of the broadcasters their own youtube channel if they're streaming them or to the online players so such as hrt player for croatia smrtv for san marino rtv per Portugal, direct links for you there. Uh, in terms of uh, what we've got in ESC Insight, well, we've got a little bit of things for you to listen to as well. I've just uh, had an incredibly interesting chat over coffee with Dave Marston from the BBC's research and development team. We always talk about Eurovision, about songs, about culture and about technology. This was a chance to talk about technology and the project to use Eurovision in Liverpool as a test bed for the next generation audio codex. Have a listen, it's a pod just before that. Uh, in terms of articles, we've got a Ben Robertson looking at the nine hours of partying that happened at Finland's UMK selection last weekend. 30,000 people in the audience, a venue that was not just the show, lots before, lots after the experience of being there. And given that we do have one AI song coming up in San Marino, we're going to take a look at the impacts AI could have on the Eurovision Song Contest this weekend up on our website, www.escinsight.com for all that preview parties are probably going to be the next big thing once you have the selections once you're selected for the song you have a chance to go to one of these preview parties or more than one it has to be said there's some in madrid there's some in barcelona there's some in london there's some in amsterdam there's some in stockholm and there's some in copenhagen as well all coming up between the end of march and the start of may i think once the selections are over we will be more focused on the programming and timetabling of all of those but for now check the websites of pre-party es bcn Eurovision, London Eurovision, Eurovision in concert, Nordic Eurovision, or the Copenhagen Eurovision party. So there we go. That's this week's news. It is a week of more songs, a week of selections, and a week where really, as always, what I always love to say is always true. To all our friends out there who we know and are still to meet, do stay safe, do be kind to each other, take a moment to think about other people's feelings, and we'll catch you in the next podcast. Dira for now. This year's Insight News podcast was hosted by Ewan Spence, written by Ewan and the team at ESC Insight. Find out more at www.escinsight.com and support us at patreon.com slash ESC Insight.